This is the fourth episode of the Wholesome Health Podcast. I'm here with a guest today. This is Chloe. Hello. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Chloe. Okay, hi, I'm Chloe. Um, I am a calisthenics coach and athlete, and um, I met Nat and Justin through... I was actually coaching Nat for a little bit um, when I was doing face-to-face coaching. Um, and yeah, I'm a personal trainer, ex-gymnast, and yeah, I just do full-time calisthenics coaching at the moment. Yes, so we're going to have a discussion today on calisthenics. We're going to focus a lot on how to get started with calisthenics and maybe dig into some details of building a program around that. So first of all, I want to bring up you say you're an ex-gymnast. I am an ex-gymnast, yeah. So what is the relationship between gymnastics and calisthenics? That's a good question. Um, obviously, they're two very separate sports. And, you know, when you go into, like, the rules and regulations of sports, that's when you can really see the difference. Um, there's a lot of similarities. Obviously, it's working with body weight and specific equipment. Um, the equipment is very different between gymnastics and calisthenics. Um, and, yeah, just the skills that you do. But the type of training is quite similar. Um, so I had a very good basic kind of foundation when I came into calisthenics. Um, a lot of like muscle memory involved there. But yeah, in terms of the skills that you do, it's I would say it's more similar to men's gymnastics. Um, whereas obviously I did women's gymnastics. So there's quite a bit of difference in the type of skills that you do there. But a lot of yeah, a lot of similarities because yes. it's body weight. And just saying um, skills. So skills is typically how we measure progress with calisthenics, right? So going from strength, you normally measure progress in terms of weight, yep. whereas uh, calisthenics, you'd say skills, right? Definitely, and it can be the best and the worst thing because when you're tracking your progress with weight, often you can just see week after week, you can add a little bit more, a little bit more, and it's quite like a linear progress and it's quite easy to see the progress you're making, whereas sometimes when you're trying to do a skill, it can be quite sort of up and down, one week you might be able to get a 10 second handstand hold and the next week you can't even kick up at all, so yeah, in terms of progress tracking. There's a fluctuation there, right? Definitely, yeah. So how would you track that progress? Um, well, obviously, the you can still track your progress in a more traditional sense, so with your programme, and it's important that you're following a programme, and it's the same with most other types of training, you're doing the same stuff over and over again for a few weeks in a row, um, so, you know, with your, there's certain exercises, you will be doing a certain amount of reps, so you can try and keep track of the reps that you're doing. Um, with your skill work, you're, when you're trying a new skill, you're still seeing progress because you're, you're sort of looking at, looking back at what you've done, you can think, right, last week I didn't get that bit right, but this week I got this bit right. It's a lot of analysing your own performance, and it's a lot of having to video yourself, checking your form. So there's lots of little tiny bits of progress you can make. Um, but yeah, it, it can be a little bit harder to track, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I want to talk about goal setting around skills. And then if you've never had to do that before, how would you do that? So I would say it's quite like setting a goal in any sort of senses. And you have to think what is available to me now. And then what is the next step from that? Do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, definitely. And what you say about what's the next step, it's always about having a realistic goal, isn't it? Obviously, yes. we want to like shoot for the moon and, mm-hmm. and you know do whatever we can. And you, anything is possible for anybody, like I will say that. Um, but it's important 
also, yeah, when you're setting your goal, is you're not skipping the progression steps, especially with skill work. It's quite easy to think, oh, I'll just go straight to this. But actually, you want to master each progression. Kind of think of it as like a video game. That's how yes. we would set goals. Yes. Um, and then I was going to say, I want to talk to you about um, handstands are one of the biggest uh, beginner steps that we see, aren't they? Definitely. Um, and I think they have loads of transferable skills to all other different areas of calisthenics. Definitely. So what would you think about that? So handstands, everybody wants to learn a handstand. Yes, I know you're particularly expert, you like coaching these, right? I love coaching handstands, I love doing handstands. The reason I love handstands is they are available to everybody, so no matter what level you are, you can train handstands in some sense. And you don't sense. even need any equipment, you can just do it exactly. wherever, whenever. Precisely. And then you can also progress it so far, like, you know, I'm in no way a master of handstands because there's so much that you can do and that's what I really like about it but the foundations of the handstand is a really important skill to learn because yeah it does form the basis of so many other skills yes. it you know it gives you shoulder strength wrist strength wrist mobility you know it's everything that you need to actually be good at calisthenics and I think it counteracts a lot of the negatives we get in our life and you know, sit in a desk all day we start to loosen up the back muscles the wrist becomes strong Definitely. So I think there's lots of benefit in it in that aspect as well. It's also a very mental game. So when you think about exercise, it's not just about physical benefits, it's about the mental benefits yes. as well. And the handstand is such a it's such a fragile movement and it's such a slow movement. And I think that kind of relates to yoga. Obviously you do hand balancing in yoga and there's a lot of stillness to the handstand. So yeah, you get the kind of mental benefit because you have to concentrate so much as well as the physical benefits. Yes. And um, I've noticed that all the handstand push is a big, big thing on social media at the minute and um, everyone's trying to reach the next thing on social media. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the trends in calisthenics you see on social media, okay? So I know a lot of the guys like all the weighted calisthenics at the minute, see them pull ups with big yep. chains. Uh -huh. um, but I want to talk about the shift towards mobility that we've been seeing recently. Have you noticed that? I have and it's great actually. Yes. Yeah, and it's something that if you want to get into calisthenics, you have to focus on your mobility yes. as well. You can't just think, oh, I'm going to do all these amazing, amazing things with my body. Um, there's certain exercises, as in certain styles of training, you can get away with not really focusing on your mobility and you can get by. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, yeah, calisthenics is really important. Yes, and I've uh, the main thing I've seen in the shift in mo towards mobility is mobility. I think I feel like it used to be defined as your joints' ability to go to the end range of motion, mm -hmm. but now sort of the idea is still being strong at those end range of motion as well. Definitely, like, so. I certainly like that because that's um, I feel like that's what we sort of need to work on, especially if we want to go and be strong every part of the movement. That exactly. Makes sense. So that's very true. And there's. The term flexibility and mobility, they often get interchanged yes. quite a little bit. And yeah, flexibility is actually the, the ability of the joint to move through the, the, the range of motion. But yeah, the mobility is the sh being strong there. So it's a lot of banded work. It's a lot of, it's, it's, you know, it's not explosive stuff. But yeah, to be strong in the range of movement that the joint can do. And that'll, that's what's going to keep you from injury. And that's what's going to keep you strong and safe. Yes. Um. Yes, and important to do explosive stuff as well, you know, it's all part of um, uh, a whole program that you put together. So how would you put together a program, let's say, let's break it down, what would a day look like what would, of calisthenics, what would a week look like calisthenics, maybe a month or two of calisthenics, how would you break it down? Okay, so obviously for someone like myself, it's going to look very different than a beginner. Started, yes. If you're a beginner, I would 
you're a regular gym goer, I would start sprinkling calisthenics throughout your current program. Or if you're completely bored and want to change, which is what I did, you can just go straight into it. So you did a complete 180 straight into it? I did, because I was doing the normal weightlifting, upper body, lower body. I'd actually, I'd never trained upper body. I hated training it, whereas now it's the other way around. It's quite interesting. But I was at a point where I was really bored of my current program. You know, I was a PT myself telling my clients what they should be doing, and I couldn't even drag myself to the gym to do the things that I knew I should be doing. So when I started, it was like a complete shift into calisthenics. Obviously, with my gymnastics background, it really drew me to that, really helped. But I did switch over. But what I suggest to people who are, you know, they're just interested, they just want to see how it goes, I would say you could start doing more of a hybrid program. So if you look at your upper body, you have an upper body push day, usually upper body pull, you can start sort of sprinkling the basics of calisthenics into your program. And it's really important, you have to like, you have to get the basics down before you move into any sort of harder stuff. Um, but you also can start working on very basic skills, such as the handstand and the L. So those are the two that I always say to people, start working on. And then it's your push-ups, your pull-ups, and your dips, and increasing your core strength. I would like to say, if you're doing a, a hybrid workout, my personal recommendation, I don't know how you feel about this, but consider what your main goals are first. Yeah. when you're putting that together because you don't want to decide I really want to go into calisthenics and then chuck that all at the end of the workout because then you're not putting your mind and you're not committing to it fully so I like to think of it you put together a calisthenics workout basically the same way you put together a strength workout mm -hmm. you put your most demanding stuff at the, first, at the start so yeah. things like you know handstands and whatnot mm -hmm. that comes first just like where you put your compound lifts and then all the accessory work comes into more and more isolation work, right? Definitely. And so that's where you say about handstand. So I always suggest starting with skill work and then, yeah, going it. So the compound is your skill work and then it's, yeah, it's exactly the same. The hardest thing first or the thing that's going to take the most, not even just energy, but like concentration, as you said, and then you get easier and easier as you go through. Always end with a little bit of core work, you know? Yes. Yeah. So the L sits. The L sit, the, uh, do you know what the L sits? But it does so much more, right? It does so much more. And like, and I would say the L sit is a compound movement and people think it's core and of course it is core, but you'll be surprised at how much your quads are involved yes. and it will be quad cramp central, you know? That's what most people struggle with when it comes to the L sit. So yeah, it's not just the core, it's yes. and obviously it's shoulders, it's arms, it's, it's everything. Yes, because I believe it's, would you call it compressive strength in your torso to your legs and that's where the quads really Definitely. engage. And it's horrible, but you've got to do pike compressions. They are the yes. worst exercise, but that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I've also forgotten again what I was going to say next. That's okay. Can you give me a minute? At what point did you make that jump? Was there anyone there that helped you make that? Or was it all just, you know, I'm going solo, I'm just going to do a bit of guessing, see what happens? No, there was definitely something and somebody that helped me. So I... As I said, I was in a bit of a slump with my training and I decided I'm going to join a new gym, trying to give myself a little bit of motivation. Um, and I was kind of plodding through, I think I was probably going twice a week, which was, you know, not great, but it's better than nothing. Um, and then I saw one of the coaches at the gym was teaching his client to like hang this way off the bar. Yes. And I was like, what is that? What are they doing there? And I saw him a few times while I was there and I was really interested and I could see they were doing handstands, they were doing a lot of body weight movement 
that I'd never seen before. So the, the hanging thing, that was actually a back lever, which I'd never heard of. Um, so I just thought, I'm going to go and ask him if he has, if he actually is a, a, is a coach, if that's what he does. Um, and that's how I was introduced to calisthenics. I'd actually never heard of it. I'd never heard of it before. And this was just about nearly two years ago. So even though I had my gymnastics background and I was always playing around with handstands, I've always been able to do a handstand. I would always do one during my workout just as a bit of fun at the end. But I'd never heard of calisthenics as a sport, which is crazy because it's, it's huge. Um, and so, yeah. I got talking to the coach and then I decided to hire him, even though at the time I probably couldn't afford it, but I was like, do you know what? I want to do something yeah. for me. You, you made you made the room for it. I did, definitely. It was like a priority. I was like, I need to get myself shifted. And so yeah, I hired him as like PT. Would see him once a week and he did a program for me that I would follow then, which was great because thinking of your own workouts is just the hardest. I definitely recommend if you can afford it, buy a program, hire a coach and all that. Yes. But yeah, that's how I got into it. Yes. So can you back leave now? I can. can. It's one of my favourite skills and it's my favourite skill to teach my clients. So I would say like 50% of my clients are at their back lever now, which is like so Very nice. fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm not quite there. I do a few skin the cats, but yeah, uh, that's certain. You have to basically holding a skin the cat in a very difficult position. Right? It is a very difficult position. There's obviously the progressions. Most things in calisthenics, you start in a tuck, you open the tuck, you go to a straddle, then you go to a pull. That's like most skills. You how you break yeah. them down. And most skills in calisthenics are holding positions. That's one of the main difference from other types of yes. of work. Um, normally, we're moving through a range of motion, whereas yeah. uh, calisthenics holding. Is, how would you describe making that change into um, isometric pulse? How would you first start programming if you've never had to program a hold before? And you know what? Yeah, it's really difficult. And I think it's really, the other thing that's hard about it is once you're trying to do a hold, you're like counting on, you know, you're doing it and then you look at a video of yourself doing it and it's like, oh, that was 0.5 seconds. Um, so when you first start with isometric holds, it's important to know that it will take a long time for them to become comfortable. And even for me, like I don't find things comfortable ever. It's, it's really, really, it's a hard thing to do to understand what muscles have to switch on because it's, it's about your nervous system, about everything working at the right pace, the right speed, doing the right thing at the right time. So you can start really easy with things that are less difficult. So for example, if you're just on your hands holding like a, a plank, a high plank push-up position, Anyone can kind of just be there, but if you start to squeeze every muscle and start to make that mind-muscle connection, I know mind-muscle connection is important in, you know, lifting as well. But about being conscious within the body and what's actually absolutely, working. Absolutely, and it's understanding, okay, if I do that, that turns my hips under slightly. So, yeah, if you squeeze your butt, often you're going to get that um, pelvic tilt, which is the most mostly the correct position in most skills. So, yeah, it's, it's really about... Doing a hold, like a plank, or the start of a hollow body hold. A hollow body can be quite difficult, but you can do it with your legs tucked in. But it's about not just doing it, it's about doing it. And I think... And experiencing it, right? Absolutely. And that's where my gymnastics mindset used to come, come in really handy, because in gymnastics, it's obviously all about aesthetics and how it looks. And it's the same with calisthenics. It's about making stuff look easy. And the more control you have over your body... The, that's how you're going to make it look that way. So yeah, starting with really simple movements, really simple positions, but doing them, not just doing them, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so as we wrap up our podcast today, 
uh, how would, what is your last piece of advice for our clients? What must they absolutely know before they get started in calisthenics work? Oh my God, there's so much, but it's, it's always master your basics and don't give up when things get hard, okay? So when I say basics, that's push-ups, pull-ups, dips. Three really simple um, movements. They're not simple, they are really hard. But, you know, just what we talked about then, when you're doing a push-up, anyone can just kind of do a sloppy push-up or if you're doing your push-ups on your knees, do the movements the best that you can do. Calisthenics is not about how many reps you can do, it's about how well you can do the rep. So, yeah, that's my advice. Try and focus everything on form. Don't give up when things get hard because that's why most people never get past the first step because it's, it is really, really hard. And it's like, don't give up at that point. But yeah, just start practicing your basics, try and follow a program and just have fun with it because it is really fun. Um, so thank you very much, Chloe. It's You're amazing welcome. having you. Um, we loved hearing from you. Um, would you like to say anything else just before we go? I mean, if anyone, I'll give a shameless plug for myself. If you want to get some free information, I post a lot of informational content on my Instagram, which is, I think it's Chloe Mac underscore coaching. But we'll check that and you can maybe write the right Okay, I'll, I'll put it on the screen. I should yeah. probably know. But yeah, I post a lot of informational videos that's very geared towards beginners. So if you wanted to see something like that, um, drop me a DM. I'm always happy to answer people's questions. I'm always in my DMs. So yeah, definitely. Yes. And um, she always looks amazing doing it whenever I see her just growing stretching. I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, you will be able to do it one day. But one day. You're, you're focusing on other crazy stuff. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was the fourth episode of the Wholesome Health Podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you.